We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. U.S. Bank wants to know how you reward yourself because they have cards that make every day more rewarding. Are you a points order, cashback guru, low intro APR lover? With U.S. Bank, it's up to you because they have the cards to fit your lifestyle. So earn more whether you're shopping at a gas station or grocery store, even while planning a staycation. Learn more at usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Welcome to the Rotowire DFS football podcast for week one. I am Scott Jensted, joined tonight by Vlad, by Vlad Sedler. Uh, if you could please rate or review the podcast, we would greatly appreciate that. Uh, and if you enjoy the podcast, it's uh, it's really important for us to get some good reviews up there, so we would greatly appreciate that. Uh, we are sponsored tonight by FanDuel, so we appreciate that. Also, uh, Vladdy, week one, I am I am drafted out, I'm auctioned out, I am ready for the season to start. Man, I got way too many teams, much more than I planned on. Uh, it's a little bit madness. Um, going to be a lot of heavy Tuesday and Wednesdays with uh, free agent bidding and and then getting ready for the DFS season, uh, you know, on the weekend. So, man, I'm, I'm ready to go. We've been staring at these week one slate uh, at this week one slate for such a long time. And uh, I think people are excited. We just want to see some football. Yeah, I, I agree completely. And for the podcast, we're going to kind of cover the main slate. So uh, we're not going to hit too much on the Thursday night game. tonight. This week, there's two Monday night games. We're not going to hit too much on those. Uh, also, just a heads up, if, if anybody has not heard, the Miami Dolphin-Tampa Buccaneer game has been postponed. They will play that on week 11. So make sure for uh, uh, season-long lineups and obviously your DFS slates that uh, you don't have any of those players in there. Um, other than that, uh, it's on to uh, on to week one. Week one's tough for me. I, I, I'm one who likes to really look at like um, you know how teams have done the last four weeks, how defenses are playing the last four weeks, that kind of stuff. So I'm a little. I'm, week one's a little tough for me in that uh, you know I've got to kind of look at last year's stuff and then see what uh, teams have added. But it's also good in that prices haven't really adjusted yet. 
Yeah, it's pretty crazy. And and what happens is, I mean, everybody's just chomping at the bit. You know, people are, you know, want to get those uh, go get those lineups together. And what happens is, people start building more and more lineups, and then end up playing a lot more than they originally intended to, just because you know we've had this long off season and a lot of times a lot of time to study all these players and you know the new personnel moves and everything. And and for me, I'm really going to try to do my best to actually dial down uh, my normal volume, like what I would typically play in a week four or five, I'm probably going to cut that down, you know, 65, 70% just because I really do want to see, you know, how some of these, um, you know, these new offenses gel. Um, you know, I definitely want to have a little bit of a sample, uh, before I start to feel more confident. Um, and what, what can also happen is some sort of a, a false sense of confidence is, you know, people have been studying and looking at these games for a couple of weeks. And then what happens once the games kick off 1 p.m. Eastern, you know, all kinds of mayhem ensues. And, you know, the guy that, you, you know, least expect, suspected nobody's got Corey Coleman. He goes off, drops a 70 yard touchdown, um, you know, on, on a big haul from uh, from from a pass from from Mr. Kaiser, the rookie. So anything can happen. Um, that's the thing about football. Uh, it's beautiful. It's lovely, um, but it's heartbreaking at all the, uh, at all the same time. And so, just in general, um, you know, I would advise people to kind of just, you know, just take a take a step back and perhaps dial down a little bit uh, and save it for week two. When I talk to you on Sunday morning for a little uh, last minute chat, what are the odds you're actually playing sixty five percent of your normal slate? You know what? <laughs> I'm going to actually. I'm gonna. I'm gonna put in. I'm entering all my contests on uh, Thursday. I'm sticking with it. I'm going to keep a couple of uh, uh, lineups open so that I could, uh, you know, sort of make some last-minute decisions on Sunday. But I think for the most part, I'm just going to stick to what I have. Maybe closer to 75 percent. All right, fair, we'll fair enough. Um, so looking at the slate, um, just kind of a general. We'll, we'll hit every position kind of as we go along here, but. Uh, Generally, looking at the games, uh, are there any games that you're especially targeting right away? I see that there's there's two games that uh, with a Vegas total over 50, and I think probably people are going to jump to those right away. Yeah, and that's what happens a lot of times. Um, you know, people are looking at those at those top games. Um, if it happens to be the case where there aren't, you know, really standout um, values or someone's really expensive, perhaps you might see lower ownership with them in a certain week. Um, but, you know, we have similar situation here with, you know, an Oakland, Tennessee game that, um, you know, when the two met last year was a little bit of a disappointment point wise. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it is a it is a tight Vegas uh, point spread between them and uh, a, a, t- a total that's actually dropped about a point and a half. So it's down about 51, uh, 50.5, actually, as um, you know, we head into Thursday. And there are a lot of really a lot of really weapons there. the problem will be figuring out um, how to get pieces of that offense uh, we'll talk about it when we get into receivers but you know are people going to move towards a cheaper more affordable uh, michael crabtree who has that rapport with their car and uh you know does get those red zone looks or the uh, extremely explosive amari cooper and so these there's just an example of the type of decisions people are going to want to make um, you know, there are some other games with with close point spreads that aren't over 50, but still might be end up being great games like, you know, the Arizona Cardinals and, and Detroit Lions that have a two point uh, difference with uh, Arizona, the road favorites in that one. Um, and then, of course, Seattle Green Bay. Um, that's going to be one that, uh, again, going to be tough to sort of pick out the exact options that we want. But again, a field goal difference there with Green Bay at home favored uh, over Seattle usually provides a good uh, good battle there. 
Yeah, I like I love the Oakland Tennessee game. We'll get it as we get into positions. Uh, I'll talk about that game a lot. Seattle Green Bay with the fifty one point total, high total. I don't love that game as much. The games I kind of look at, I, I like I like both NFC East games. Uh, the Eagles are favored by one at Washington with an over under forty eight, and the Cowboys are favored by four over the Giants, the over under forty eight. Um, I like those games, close spreads, high point totals, teams that know each other. Um, those are going to be some good games to watch, and also I think some good games to look at uh, DFS wise. Absolutely, and um, and I think some of the narratives that come into play in terms of uh, teams within the same division playing each other tough and th- those games being low scoring, um, that might happen a little bit towards the playoff chase. Um, and so, you know, off off the gate, um, you know, out the gate with everybody healthy, a game like Philadelphia Washington could truly turn into a shootout. And of course, in DFS, we were looking not only for those shootouts, but those those close games, because, you know, once a game gets a little bit out of hand, um, you know, game script turns in a different direction and it really affects either the running backs or the receivers in those games, um, you know, depending on which way the ball bounces, literally. Yeah, we also have two games that are under 40 point totals. Uh, Jacksonville at Houston's 39 and a half with the with the uh, Texans fair by five and the uh, Jets at Buffalo is a 39 and a half total. Buffalo fared by nine. Um, not uh, not good-looking game scripts. I think, you know, those are games you could pick out one or two players, but uh, those are not games you're going to want heavy exposure to. Exactly. And I think we're more so looking at uh, the defenses at home there, um, you know, to potentially use or the running backs where you can get that running back uh, defense uh, DST correlation going. Uh, but for the most part, you're not going to see a lot of the offensive weapons, specifically uh, the wideouts, um, and definitely not the quarterbacks in this one, um, getting much more than a couple of percent ownership on FanDuel this week. Yeah, and I'm looking at uh, I'm looking at the overall weather slate for games. It looks like we have a really nice weekend of uh, weather. No games that should be impacted at the moment. Obviously, the Miami-Tampa Bay game was the one that was the big question that's been postponed. But looking at uh, all the other weather games, looks like we've got, we got pretty clear weather, so that's not going to be a big factor this weekend, uh, obviously, aside from Florida. He's playing the main slate, so why don't we, uh, why don't we jump to that if that works for you? Let's do it. Cool. So uh, we might as well start at the top, start with the quarterbacks. Um, obviously the most important position on the field, the, the, the way kind of you start your lineup. Um, I have a favorite overall guy for the slate that I think is going to be different than yours. So uh, if you had to pick one quarterback this week, who would it be? My goodness. This is a tough one. Um, it is. You know, I, 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 um, if I had to choose one guy, it might be Derek Carr. Um, I just really like this matchup in, in, a, in, a, in a tight point spread. Um, going uh, going up against a weak Tennessee secondary, or at least so they were last year, uh, they did add Logan Ryan uh, from uh, the New England Patriots uh, last year. And, you know, I don't necessarily think he's going to shadow either uh, Crabtree or Cooper. But I think, you know, this is a type of game where, you know, we're just not sure, um, you know, how much they're going to be relying on the running game with Lynch in his first game back not playing in over a year. Uh, you know, so, um, you know, Derek Carr is my is my guy today. Um, and, you know, for example, the, the Titans have Bryce McClain there, their slot corner, who I think is someone who can be abused. One of the worst uh, graded slot corners um, through profile for, pro, through profile football focus last year. So uh, Derek Carr is the guy I like the best. 
Um, Aaron Rodgers, I know that his point totals over the years, his fantasy point totals against the Seahawks are a little depressed compared to his average numbers. Um, but I think, you know, if you're not trying to put together a Le'Veon Bell, David Johnson team, Aaron Rodgers could work for you. Um, he's going to go a little bit underlooked um, because of the tough matchup. Did have three touchdowns against the Seahawks last year. Um, plenty of weapons, um, a bevy of them. And much, he's much better at home. And actually, uh, you know, he has not been targeting uh, Richard Sherman's side of the ball a lot. And so um, I think we can sort of figure out the way that this game is going to flow. And I think Rodgers can absolutely, you know, put up 280 yards with uh, two or three touchdowns in this one. Well, you kind of took you kind of took the fire away from me because I I love David Carr this week. He's actually my favorite guy, too. Um, I did not expect you were going to say that. So that's that's what about Derek? What about his brother? I always say David Carr every time. I thought I screwed it up. <laughs> no, I did. Um, love Derek Carr this week. Um, Tennessee was the sixth worth team in DVOA last year against the pass, giving up 270 yards per game. His receivers are healthy right now. I love Amari Cooper. I love Crabtree. He's got the new tight end weapon in Jared Cook. Uh, what I like about Carr is he's getting better every year. Uh, his, his yards per attempt was really the issue when he first started out. Five and a half yards as a rookie, then up to 6.9, then up to 7.05 last year. I think he's taking the steps up I really like to see. In the fourth year as a quarterback, I really like him this year. Love him this week. I think this game is going to be high scoring. This game is going to be fun. I don't think the Raiders are going to be able to stop Mariota. I think it's going to be a lot of back and forth. I love David Carr this week. Sounds good. Sounds like we're on the same page. And uh, let, let's rock and roll with uh, Mr. Carr week one. I, uh, I'm actually – I think Aaron Rodgers, is a little, Aaron Rodgers is a little bit of a fade for me. I love Aaron Rodgers. He can go off in any week. But at the price, I'm just not playing him when he faces the Seahawks. Um, he's just, he's still expensive. He's not, uh, you know, the price is not down because of the matchup. I love the Seattle defense this year. Earl Thomas is back from being injured. Um, they are fully healthy. Michael Bennett's healthy, which is key for their pass rush. I love the Seattle defense. They only allowed 18.3 points per game last year. Uh, if I'm playing Rodgers and I'm paying up for Rodgers, it's just not in a week when he's playing the Seahawks. No, that's fair enough. Um, you know, I think as far as expensive fade goes, um, I guess it, I don't necessarily have one, but if I ha- was to pick uh, a single guy out, um, it actually might be Matt Ryan. Um, and I think in you know earlier in the week, my first tendency was to to pop in uh, a Ryan and Julio Jones combo. Um, but you know, I just think this one has a possibility of of turning into a negative game game script over the second half where Matt Ryan may just not necessarily be needing to pass a lot. Um, You know, and I think, you know, obviously Chicago is probably going to play a little bit better defense at home, but I think in the second half it can turn into a, uh, you know, Freeman, Tevin Coleman type of uh, combo, um, you know, battering Ram um, where they just, you know, don't really need to, Matt Ryan won't really need to pass very much. And so, although I will have some exposure with the Matt Ryan, Julio Jones combo in GPPs, I think in cash games, probably a, a fade for me. Yeah, I'm, I'm on board with that, mostly due to, uh, to, to the game's trip, like you mentioned. I think that uh, a lot of people think Chicago keeps that game close. I think Atlanta pulls away pretty good in the second half. We're going to see a lot of Freeman and Coleman. Um, the other side of that Derek Carr game, Marcus Mariota, someone that uh, I really like in the mid-range. Um, and again, like you know, high total, high-scoring game, low spread, exactly what we like to see. Um, the Raiders were the bo- were bottom 10 in pass D and DVOA last year. Um, he's got a new weapon in Eric Decker. Corey Davis has a, you know, a little bit of a, a little bit of game script. They're going to use him on some plays. He's got a little bit of a playbook, so kind of bringing him along slowly, but I think he might come in for a big explosive play. What I like about Mariota also gets you those points with his legs, and you can't discount that. When you're getting a, a point for every 10 yards rushing, maybe running a TD, uh, Mariota's probably uh, in, in my top three at quarterback this week. 
Yeah, I'm on board with him as well. Um, what do you think about the uh, the options in the Detroit Arizona game? How do you how do you sort of see that game working out? So my my concern with Stafford is I just don't necessarily think this is a spot to use him. Um, I think obviously the Arizona defense is always a solid uh, a solid play, uh, especially at home. And you know with Stafford, there are going to be spots where we could pick him um, and, and use him. And I think that might be something like week three against the Falcons or week six uh, at New Orleans. But um, you know for the most part, if I'm going to use a quarterback out of this game, I think I might rather go with Carson Palmer. Yeah, I mean, that's the joys of DFS. You, you have a whole slate to pick your one guy. And if I'm going to pick Stafford, it's just, I'm just not going to pick him against the Arizona the past defense. You know, he's at home. He can go off. He can do well. He might hit a couple big plays. But I like the Arizona pass defense. Uh, Tyron Matthew is back now from his injury. Um, just Stafford, just not someone I'm playing this week. Uh, Carson Palmer's interesting. A little bit, uh, a little bit lower priced at 7,300. Um, I like his chance to hit a couple big plays. But, um, you know, uh, Darius Slay will be covering uh, John Brown. So they might take away the deep ball. I think it's going to be a more of a fit underneath game and a David Johnson game myself. Palmer's not someone that I'm targeting. No, no. What about uh, any ch- what cheap GPP flyer? If you were to just pick one, who would who would th- that guy be for you? I'd say probably below. Um, let's l- let's let's pick a guy underneath the 7100 range because um, I'm actually I actually am kind of interested in Carson Wentz in uh, Philadelphia. Um, of course, over on DK, he is a lot cheaper, and I think you'll see high ownership with him there, where people will be able to, uh, you know, get the big running backs in along with Wentz and possibly Ertz, which we'll talk about later. Um, but under the cars, uh, under the Wentz range, who would you? Uh, who would be your guy? My guy there, and I actually might use him in a couple of cheap uh, GPP plays. Is Brian Hoyer with the Niners? Don't say it. Sorry, had to. Um, he was no, really, no. He, that- that's my guy. Go ahead. He was really good when he played last year. He had four straight 300-yard games last year in Chicago before he got hurt. Six best quarterback by DVOA when he did play. Had six touchdowns, no interceptions. He had 19 touchdowns and seven picks uh, the year before when he was in Houston. I have I have faith in Kyle Shanahan. I think he knows how to run offense. He knows how to use the weapons. They don't have a ton of weapons, but they have added Pierre Garçon. They have added Marquise Goodwin, who can just fly. I think he's going to make sure to get the ball in the right place. He's going get, to get guys the ball in space. Carolina's going to score against them, so I like the game script. I think the 49ers are going to have to throw the ball in the second half. And I like Hoyer. You know, I don't think he's going to make mistakes. I think he'll take what you give him. I think he's going to hit Pierre Garcon a lot of little slants, kind of try and move the ball. They've been using Carlos Hyde in the backfield. Um, I think Hoyer at, uh, at 6,400 on FanDuel is kind of an interesting play. I usually don't go with a cheap quarterback, but I, I think I might uh, you know, maybe stack a couple of big running backs in, in, a, in a team with, uh, with Hoyer as the quarterback. Yeah, and you know what's great is that we don't actually share you and I our uh, our choices here before we uh, set sail on the podcast. We and did it's not. great um, because then we can sort of you know figure out uh, you know figure out our differences, and we don't you know and that's the beauty of it. We can build our own lineups, don't have to come to the same conclusion. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I like Brian Hoyer a lot too in this game. I was impressed in the few games that I saw him play uh, with the Bears last year. Uh, he was he is a target of mine um, when I don't have a second quarterback in season long leagues. Uh, towards the end, uh, much better option than Mike, than Mike Glennon, for example. But um, in this game, I think just things just set up really well for him, um, especially if we're expecting Carolina to get off to a little bit of, of a lead. And uh, the other thing, the uh, the, the two perimeter. Uh, cornerbacks uh warley and bradbury they were actually pretty bad in the first half of the year definitely much improved over the second half um but nonetheless i think 
this is the type of game where you know the, the, the game script over the second half um, may employ Hoyer to um, not necessarily have to go you know for that big bomb and take that shot, uh, take the chance of being intercepted, but really sort of work with his weapons that he has there. Um, not sure what they're doing at tight end now that uh, Kittle is hurt. Not sure if he's going to play, but I think between um, you know Garcon and Goodwin. Uh, and, and Aldrick, I think um, I think Hoyer might be a nice little play here today. Yeah, my my third guy that I like with with Carr and Mariota is is Cam Newton from that same game. Uh, the Niners were obviously a, a really poor pass defense and run defense last year. The Niners gave up twenty points plus in all the last sixteen games they played last year. They shut out the Rams in Week One. They gave up twenty points in every other game. He adds Christian McCaffrey. He has he adds uh, Curtis Samuel. Uh, Kellen Benjamin actually looks in shape. Greg Olson's always good. Just a ton of weapons. The Niners' secondary is young and kind of still figuring itself out. I think it's going to take them half a season to really kind of figure out who they are. If uh, Rashard Robinson is guarding uh, Benjamin, he's he's only six feet tall. Benjamin's just too big for him. I think they're going to you're going to see a lot of back shoulder fades, a lot of uh, jump balls to Benjamin. They're really going to move the ball down the field. Uh, I think Cam will run a little bit more this year too. They kind of uh, he he had his highest pass attempts in his career last year and didn't run the ball. I think they're going to mix it up a little bit. I just think with McCaffrey and Samuel, they're going to have a lot of little plays where Newton can throw a five yard pass that turns into a long one. Uh, I really like Cam this week. I like Cam in season long for the year too. But uh, I think he I think he's one of those guys that has a really good floor this week. And if you're playing a cash game, I really like Cam Newton this week. They're going to score against the Niners. He's not going to have a, a really poor game. He may not go crazy if they take a big lead. Um, but I think I think the Niners are going to hang in there. I think Cam's going to be really good this week. And I'm with you. I think the Niners do hang. I think if this game was in Carolina, probably would have different results. But I think uh, you know the San Francisco defense does step up a little bit in this game. But I'm with you. I, I, I like Cam a little bit more this year. I'm not quite sure how much he is going to run, but obviously a little bit more than last year. Um, he was one of the worst uh, accurate accurate accuracy passers last year in the league. Um, but I think he's, he's going to be much better this year. Week one is a good spot for him to start. Um, outside of that, um, any interest in Kirk cousins who has some, uh, pretty strong, uh, splits at when he is playing at home. Um, and on the contrary, a guy like big Ben, Ben Roethlisberger, who it's, uh, you know, much noted over the course of the week and just over the last season or so. I mean, everybody knows and knows the, uh, the fantasy output on the road as opposed to home. Um, how do you feel about those two guys? Yeah. My big issue with Ben is not really as much on the road. You know, I'm not scared of Cleveland. My, my issue with Ben is, is uh, game script. I think that they get a mm-hmm. big lead. I don't think he throws the ball in the second half very much. Um, so if you don't get, you know, two or three touchdowns in the first half, you could be struggling watching that game could be frustrating watching them hand the ball off to Le'Veon Bell and James Conner the whole second half. So not, someone that I'm playing. I like Cousins. Uh, I just find myself liking Carr, Marietta, and Newton more this week. I'm on the same page. And, uh, yeah, and, and unless you're a little crazy like me and actually think that there's a shot that Cleveland, with their rookie quarterback, actually has a chance to hang in this game, uh, probably wouldn't put um, put money down on it. But, um, you know, if if you do think that is a possibility, then I, that definitely should boost Big Ben up into your um, consideration for the week. Um, outside of that, with quarterbacks, I think just in general, um, you know, you know these these lower scoring games. Like I don't, I think someone would have to be crazy to to run with, uh, you know, with like a Tom Savage. I think even if I was playing, you know, two hundred and you know, one hundred fifty entries in the Sunday Million, um, I might even 
maybe not even put one Tom Savage lineup in. Um, and then same thing with uh, with Kaiser. I'm not sure a rookie in his first game taking on this, uh, you know, Cleveland def- – I'm sorry, this Pittsburgh defense that I think is pretty solid. Um, you know, just not really a spot that I want to go with, especially if I'm only playing a few uh, – entering a few lineups this week. Yeah, Pittsburgh is just one of those teams that, that shows you so many different looks, so many different kinds of blitzes. I think they give I think they give a rookie a lot of trouble. I, I really like Kaiser. I think Kaiser's super talented, but not someone that I'm playing this week. Uh, what about percentage wise? Um, what do you you know sort of to, to close up this uh, QB conversation and jump into running backs? Uh, any any uh, who do you think will be the highest known quarterback of the week? I, I think both guys in the in the Tennessee Oakland game are going to be high percentage, and then I think uh, you know uh, there's a, there's some there's some value to be had in the other positions. So I think Aaron Rodgers probably gets up there too, but I think it's pretty spread out. I don't see a uh, I don't see a monster chalk guy. I think Carl Mariota will be pretty high, but nothing that I would uh, you know automatically worry about fading. I think people will have Cam too. Uh, you know, afternoon game people like to uh, people like to have some guys in the afternoon game. The Niners defense people really love to pick on them. Um, the nice thing is the you know the night game is is Dallas and New York, and I don't think many people are going to play Dak or Eli in that game. No, I agree. I don't think you're going to see a lot of exposure to those guys. I think people are going to try to uh, you know pick off with with one offs here and there. Uh, maybe like a Jason Witten or, you know, maybe the kicker uh, on either team. So I think that's a possibility. But, yeah, I mean, as far as percentage, you pretty much nailed it. Um, I think, you know, you, we see we saw it a lot last year. Uh, QB percentages uh, are fairly spread out across the board. I think once in a while you'll see, you know, Tom Brady in a perfect matchup when he's on, on the normal slate will, you know, be 25 to 30 percent owned, um, even sometimes higher than that. But for the most part, you're not seeing any quarterbacks going for 50, 60 percent um, where you really have to make a decision whether to play or fade. Um, and at the same time, it's just really kind of finding um, the games that you like the best and, and using those quarterbacks. So before we move on to running backs, just a quick note from our sponsor, FanDuel. Fantasy football fans, the wait is nearly over. In fact, it's only 22 hours away or so. Ah, 20 hours away right now. Football is back, which means FanDuel is back. FanDuel is fantasy football for everyday fans. There are new contests starting every week. No busted seasons when someone uh, tears the ACL week one and uh, ruins your season. There's something for everyone. Lots of contests to choose from, starting at just $1 up to uh, thousands of dollars if you uh, if you want to play that too. Just pick a contest, choose your team, and watch your score in real time. Uh, FanDuel makes it fun. You know, if it's, it's a really great supplement to your season-long teams. If you, uh, you know, say you didn't get Tom Brady or, or Aaron Rodgers on a team, you can play them in FanDuel, and, uh, you know, you can get a piece of that action too. There are over 2.5 million players who have won a cash prize playing on FanDuel. To take advantage of our special offer for new users, sign up today at FanDuel.com RW. You'll get a free six-month six Rotowire subscription plus a free entry into the NFL Sunday Million, which offers more than $1 million in cash prizes with your first deposit on FanDuel. Just visit FanDuel.com RW. Void where prohibited. So, uh, Vlad, the the running backs are interesting this week. Uh, there's uh, there's the big guys at the top. There's David Johnson, Le'Veon Bell, who everybody's been drafting every week. Uh, you know, in the in their fantasy leagues, as in their season long leagues, as one two. Who's your uh, who's your favorite running back this week? That's a fantastic question. Uh, you know, as as we head into Thursday, I still am having an internal debate between David Johnson, Le'Veon Bell. Um, I think obviously they're both fantastic options. Um, I think that there is a path in cash games uh, to actually play both of them. Um, but of course, you're you know you you want to make sure that you're getting two and a half you know three x 
and at least going to get a touchdown or you know in 100 yards from these guys um, as well as a, as well as a few catches um, we we know what a monster David Johnson is last year um, you know just an absolute beast home road really doesn't matter um, and you know it, it, the, the 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 matchup with Detroit isn't necessarily sexy but uh, you know David Johnson's usually just a you know a guy you can just plug in and not really worry about it he does get his points um, the Le'Veon Bell question is interesting because, um, you know, he hadn't been practicing. He wasn't around with the team. All of a sudden, you know, with a, you know, and I know that we were talking about it a few days ago, um, you know, with a guy like Mike Tomlin, who, um, you know, really likes to be have control of his team. I mean, do you think there's a chance that, you know, perhaps he punishes Le'Veon a little bit, um, especially with them taking on this Cleveland team where perhaps he doesn't get as many carries early or, uh, early on or, or doesn't get to, uh, you know, uh, get the snaps in the first set. I mean, how, how are you looking at this? I don't think he'll necessarily punish him, but I also don't think that, uh, that, that Bell is totally up in kind of physical football shape, um, especially in a game where they may take a lead. I could see them uh, resting him a bunch in the second half. So I think they'll use him, uh, you know, mostly normally, maybe about 80% of normal. I mean, they feed him so much. It's crazy. But they do have James Conner now as a pretty good backup. Um, I think you might see Conner get a lot of carries in the second half. I think that uh, while they won't necessarily punish him, punish him, I think they may just take it easy on him, which is a big deal for us in, in fantasy leagues and DFS because you're paying a lot for Le'Veon. You want him in there the whole game. Yeah, and, and the one game that he did play against them last year, he put up 30.1 Fanduel points, an absolute monster. Um, he also did have 28 carries, which uh, surprisingly was not the most amount of carries. wasn't even It was basically the the, the, the fifth uh, tied for the fifth highest amount of carries he saw in a game last season. Uh, pretty wild. On top of that, caught eight of nine balls. Um, for another 55 yards so um, definitely a monster if this game was in the middle of the season this would be a no-brainer but I think for, for you know for the things that you mentioned um, you know obviously he's busy um, you know making his singles and his rap albums and um, you know <laughs> got all kinds of things going on and so um, I think you're going to see a lot of people just um, I, I think you're going to see Le'Veon Bell a little higher owned uh, because of the matchup that ap- uh, appeals and is a bit more sexier, you'll probably see him a little bit higher owned than David Johnson this week. Well, if, neither one of them is my favorite guy this week, so you want to hear mine? Yeah. My uh, my favorite running back this week is LaShawn McCoy at 8,500. Uh, struggled versus the Jets last year. I know that. He was uh, he had five carries for 10 yards in Week 17, only 15 carries, 59 yards in Week 2. The Jets were number one against the Russian DVOA last year. They still have Leonard Williams, but... They've lost Sheldon Richardson. Uh, I know they were good last year. McCoy was 5.4 yards per carry, though. What I love in this game is I love the game flow. The Bills are favored by nine. I don't think the Jets have a chance, really, on offense uh, in most games this year. Josh McCown, just not the answer. They lost Quincy Anunua. They just are struggling to find anybody that's going to do anything on offense. I think the Bills take a lead. I think they feed Shady the second half. There is no Mike Gillisley to vulture touchdowns this year, so I think Shady gets as much work as he wants. Uh, Buffalo has a really good offensive line. Contenta's top 10. Cordy Glenn, their, their left tackle, is supposed to play. He was a little bit banged up, but he's going to play. Um, I really like uh, I really like Shady. I am hoping he's a little bit lower percentage because of the fact that everybody wants David Johnson, Le'Veon Bell. Um, if so, I want all the Shady. Yeah, so that's funny. He this is the guy that's on my list. I should have gone first because I had a lot of those uh, a lot of those details. No, you know what it is. Um, you know, even the quote today, uh, you know, from the coach that he, you know they're just going to you know feed him till till he falls apart, uh, so to speak. I guess you could say. Uh, but when he, you know they cut Jonathan Williams, uh, who is now with Denver, 
and you know they're pretty much in tank mode. LaShawn McCoy's there, uh, pretty much their offense. Um, you know, between Joe B- Banyard and Taiwan Jones, who are the backups there, you've got a couple of guys that you know don't even have more than seventy combined carries. Uh, so you know, it, it, it's it's a perfect situation for Sean, uh, for LaShawn McCoy with um, you know with them being at home um, against this Jets team that doesn't have Sheldon Richardson um, with the big. Uh, point spread that's actually keep you know continues to gain and so really what it comes down to is all about volume i think the only way that uh, mccoy doesn't deliver and, uh, with a 3x performance is if he gets hurt you know hurt, rolls his ankle in the first quarter um and then the team is just in complete disarray but really it comes down to all all about the volume um all LaShawn mccoy all day let's do it anybody that uh, you're a, you're a fade on at the top of the card i have someone that i'm not gonna be playing but i wanted to let you go first this time yeah, you know what? A lot of times the fades are, um, you know, it, for me, a fade is somebody um, in tournaments who I believe might be, you know, 20% owned. And there is a, a person, uh, a football player at his position that um, is around the same salary that might be um, a, a better play or someone who I do believe is a better play. Um, you know, for me right now, these the expensive fades are literally just guys I'm not interested in that probably won't be high owned anyways. Um, and I guess that'd be Ezekiel Elliott, um, who appears like he's going to be playing in week one. Um, and also Jordan Howard against a, a pretty solid Atlanta um, run defense. And especially with the fact that the team may not be, uh, you know, the Chicago Bears probably aren't going to be going into this with a lead. And in the second half, they may probably be passing the ball. Uh, trying to catch up and perhaps um, flashing a little bit of their new toy, Tariq Cohen. Yeah, my, my big fate is, is, is Zeke, uh, who you mentioned earlier. Um, I do think people will carry him. I think that people are going to get into that, oh, this is my maybe my one chance to use Zeke. He's the Sunday night game. He was obviously incredible last year. Um, I just don't want him for the price against the Giants. When I look at McCoy and Bell and DJ, um, I like them all more. Uh, their O-line is great, but uh, the, the Giants only allowed 89 rushing yards last year, 3.6 yards per carry. My dude Damon Snacks Harrison is a beast in the middle. I love that dude. Um, he, had a, he had about 158 yards in two games against them last year, so didn't really go off. Um, I think people are gonna. I think people are gonna play Zeke. I, I think the Sunday night, uh, the Sunday night hammer is always an appeal. The all the news that's uh, that's been going on about him. I just think there's so much surrounding him. Uh, I think he has not been as especially focused. Who knows what's been going on in his head? Uh, not someone I'm playing this week. Uh, if he goes off on Sunday night, it'll hurt me. But uh, I'm willing to take that chance. Absolutely, and I think what it comes down to is, uh, you know, even even then with all the people that are going to be playing him, I think a lot of that will end up being uh, dead money. Just, you know, if you're playing a guy because, you know, you like him or because it's his only game and you're not looking at the, the situation of the game, you're not playing it like um, a contest that you're spending money in, um, then you're just basically just, you know, dead money, people I'm not worried about. And I think for that, you know, in that same realm, I'm not really seeing Zeke um, – you know, going above 10, 12 percent owned this week. Um, I think there are a lot of uh, a lot of options that are cheaper down there at running back. And I think we'll see a lot of uh, concentration on those first three guys that we mentioned between Johnson, Bell and McCoy. So what about uh, what about dropping down a little bit in the mid range, you know, say for your second running back, uh, who, are your, who are your favorites in that range? You know what? Um, I it, it's scared to say, but um, and I think you it may turn out that we are in agreement a third time. But my guy's Todd Gurley. Uh, he's a guy that I've been looking at for two weeks in this spot. Um, you know, it, it's really just a perfect setup for him. 
this is really the opportunity for him to be able to to silence the critics right off the bat, and I think it'll be really telling, um, you know, perhaps which direction his season is going um, with this first game. But it really doesn't get any better against uh, this this Colts defense. Um, you know, one of one of the worst, not only run defenses, but also pass defenses that now is probably going to be without Vontae Davis in week one. Um, you know, this is a new regime. It's, you know, it's McVay's team. Um, no longer Jeff Fisher, who I think was uh, very much to blame for a lot of the issues last year. Um, I think the, you know, the, the 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 run game will open up a little bit, having the weapons in like Watkins and, uh, you know, uh, Cooper Cup as well as uh, Robert Woods there, who's has his homecoming back here in Los Angeles. Um, and so I, you know, I, I just think this is a really good spot for Gurley um, at home uh, in front of his fans. I think he has a good game. I think he gets into the end zone. And so he's going to probably be, you know what? That's an interesting, interesting question. Do you think, uh, first of all, who is your guy? Is it Gurley? And what, what type of ownership do you think he might be top five overall because of his price? Uh, I think he's definitely going to be top five. I think everybody has been pumping this matchup. Everybody's been talking about the Rams against Indy. Everybody's been talking about Scott Tolzien. Everybody's talking about how the Colts are, you know, are without luck are one of the worst teams in the league. Uh, I love Gurley. You know I love Gurley. Uh, I think he's been a great value in drafts all year. Um, I like him this week. I just wonder I wonder how high percentage he's going to be. I wonder if he's an interesting uh, kind of fade in big tournaments. That'll be interesting. Who's your uh, your pivot? I guess who would you say is your favorite mid-range play? So my my pivot at the same price is Christian McCaffrey. Um, on teams where I don't play Cam Newton, I'm going to definitely use McCaffrey. 49ers were the worst rush D in the NFL last year. Uh, 4.8 yards a carry. They allowed 166 yards per game, 20 more per game than any other defense in the league. Um, I love Ruben Foster. He's going to be playing linebacker for them. He's going to help them a lot. Um, Navarro Bowman looks a half step slow to me right now, which is hard for me to say. He's my favorite player in the league. Um, so I think the Niners defense can be better, but I, like I said earlier with the with talking about Cam Newton, I think it's going to take them a few weeks to kind of get it together. Uh, I think that uh, Ron Rivera is going to drop a lot of plays for Christian McCaffrey. I think he knows what he has. I think they're going to make sure to get the ball in space to C-Mac, you know, eight or ten times. You know, make sure he gets a, a wheel route here or there, a quick little uh, quick little uh, button hook out of the backfield. I think they're going to make sure to get in the ball. I love him in PPR leagues. In DraftKings, we get a full point. Love him there. Um, in Fandle, you get a half point, so I still like him there. He's priced really well at 6500 I think he'll probably be high percentage, too. He's kind of the sexy guy right now. Everybody loved him in the preseason. Um, he's my pivot off Gurley, but I'm afraid that McCaffrey might be a little high percentage, too. Yeah, that's definitely going to be the case. I think over on DraftKings, you're going to see a much higher percentage on uh, McCaffrey because of his price over there. Um, but yeah, I mean, and the other thing is, is in tournaments, um, if you're, you know, if you notice a couple of uh, the mil- millionaire makers over on DK that were one last year. Um, were you know s- sort of stacking a team along with the running back, a running back that catches a lot of passes. Where you had Ben Roethlisberger with uh, uh, you know Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown. You've seen a uh, you know New Orleans stacks where you know uh, a short little pass to Mark Ingram from Drew Brees and he takes it 80 yards to the house. And then you add a little uh, you know Brandon Cooks as it were last year. And so you know there's a potential situation here for a game uh, a game GPP stack where you've got Cam Newton with Christian McCaffrey and Kelvin Benjamin. Um, what do you think about that as a GPP stack? Um, I actually like that too because I think McCaffrey's going to be very active out of the backfield. And I think the thing that people are sleeping on a little bit with McCaffrey, everybody loves him, but I think people don't realize just how good he is. I think people kind of see him as a you know Danny Woodhead kind of scat back out of the backfield. No. He's better than that. I watched him. I'm a big Stanford fan, so I've watched 
every game he played in college. Um, he's stronger than people think. He's bigger than people think. He's faster than people think. You know, he has that, uh, you know, kind of a white guy out of the backfield thing. He's a fast guy. He's really good. He's really shifty. He's hard to hit in space. Um, I love McCaffrey. He's going to be fun to watch all year. I think he eats up the Niners this week. Um, yeah, I, I could go with a Cam, uh, C-Mac, Benjamin uh, stack and be okay with that. Yep, sounds good. Um, you know, just one one little quick mid-range play that I'm not a, not opposed to, and I know that perhaps he may be on the higher end of the, of the price spectrum, but I think DeMarco Murray on Tennessee uh, may go underlooked a little bit this week. Uh, last season, only David Johnson had more of his uh, team snaps uh, in the backfield, uh, more so than DeMarco Murray. Uh, Tennessee was a very uh, a run-heavy team last year. Uh, yes, they added some new wide receiver weapons, but um, you know, I think this is another really good spot for DeMarco Murray. Um, there, you know, I, we were talking a little bit uh, yesterday, you know, earlier today. Uh, Khalil Mack uh, missed practice on Wednesday with a knee injury. Uh, no, he's a little bit more of a pass rusher, but really kind of the key to their defense. And um, you know, he's a veteran, um, and, and he probably won't miss the game. But um, having him there, I think, is really key for the Oakland defense. And if he's not there, you could probably bump DeMarco Murray up a tiny bit more. 7.1 yards per carry against the Raiders last year in week three. Unbelievable. Yeah, not bad. Uh, in the in the mid-range, uh, one guy I don't like is Ty Montgomery. Um, I just don't like, again, I'm not, I'm not going to pay for somebody against Seattle. Seattle allowed uh, a league-best 3.4 yards per carry last year. They've already added Sheldon Richardson from the Jets, so another guy to stop the run. Uh, there's been a lot of hype off Ty Montgomery. He looked really good this offseason. He moved up in, in drafts a lot. I'm just not a fan this week. That's someone I'll be a full fade on. Yeah, it's just not the right matchup for him. Um, you know, I think there was a little bit of vote of confidence today, not that it was really needed, um, that he is um, their their main guy, their main running back. Um, but yeah, like you mentioned, it's a tough spot. Um, you know, I, I think you even just dropped the stat that I have. Um, that's pretty obvious, but no team allowed, um, you know, less yards per carry uh, than the Seattle run defense. Um, and they're just as good, if not better, this year. And so... Um, and the other thing is, I, you know, as you said with McCaffrey and you being a big Stanford guy, I know you know your Stanford guys well. And uh, if you're a if you're a Tmont fade this week, then uh, I guess so will I be. Yeah, it's uh, when I, when I go get the Stanford guys, usually for a good reason. Usually I'm a little biased towards them, so that's a good point. Um, we talked about some guys that are already kind of cheap with uh, with uh, McCaffrey and Gurley. Is there anybody really cheap you like this week? I could I didn't find anybody under six thousand that I really liked on FanDuel. A couple guys I like in the lower sixes, but uh, not a ton of super cheap guys this week. Yeah, I mean, you know, Carlos Hyde isn't cheap. He's sixty-eight hundred. Um, he is not going to be as high owned, I believe, on FanDuel than he is over on the other site, where he is uh, pretty much in the four thousand range, dirt cheap. Um, and I think games game script may play a part uh, in this game. Uh, of course, if you don't think that San Francisco is going to be able to hang, um, you know, how many passes is he really going to be catching, um, you know, in the second half and, and lining up with that offense? So, um, you know, th there's definitely that possibility. Um, so really, we're just concerned of the game potentially getting out of hand. Um, if you're looking for other low percentage guys that could potentially work, um, you know, there is the Seattle uh, backfield there. Um, there's I think these are just GPP shots if you want them. Um, but Kurtz Carson has been getting a lot of love, um, you know, for, for being a, a shifty guy who probably will get some carries with Thomas Rawls likely missing the game. Um, and then you've got the uh, super sneaky GPP play. I just don't know if I could uh, 
take this one down. If I'm only playing five teams, I probably will not have them. But that's Eddie Lacy facing his old team and um, expecting to get fed or so. Uh, so Pete Carroll says. So um, we'll see. I think those are a couple of guys that if you're if you're entering, you know, 10 plus uh, tournament lineups that you may be able to take a stab. That's something I'd probably pay attention to um, over Friday and Saturday. See if any more news comes out, if we have um, a better picture on that situation. So, um, you know, those are two guys to look at. And outside of that, you know, Bilal Powell only because he probably is going to get a lot of work uh, at a low percentage. So my, my last guy that uh, kind of a little bit interesting, but uh, you know, the same price range as McCaffrey and Gurley is hard to go to is Terrence West. Uh, he looks like he has the first and second down job for the Ravens right now. Danny Woodhead's their third down back. Cincinnati kind of struggled against the run in 2016, and Vontez Perfect, who's their best defender, their best linebacker, he's suspended for the first three games, I believe. So he's not going to be playing. If you really want to go GPP low percentage and fade, uh, you know, the, the higher percentage, C-Mac and Gurley, Terrence West might be a little sneaky, maybe uh, 80 yards and a touchdown. Uh, absolutely possible. I think it's just a matter of if you uh, if you're thinking that Cincinnati doesn't get off to a, a little bit of a lead, because if so, uh, you're probably not going to see a lot of uh, Terrence West in the second half since he is a you know, two down back and uh, not a very good one at that. I'm just somebody with a low uh, career YB uh, yards for carry. Um, typically, I'm not a big fan. I think there'll probably be better spots uh, to use him. Even with Burfecht not there, I think Cincinnati is still one of the best run defenses in the league. Um, and I think just for the most part, um, going with these, these uh, you know, if you're looking for a floor guy uh, that's cheap, just somebody that can provide you a nice base and get some volume, I don't think that's necessarily the, a way to go this week in week one in FanDuel because um, I think because of the cheaper quarterbacks and some of the uh, value options that are available at receiver, some of which that we'll, we'll talk about, um, I think we can get uh, higher-priced running backs in, and I really just don't think running back is a good spot for us to uh, try to save a few bucks on. So who? Uh, let's move over to the the pass catchers. Who uh, Who's your favorite receiver this week? If you had to pick one guy to, to bank on, who's your favorite guy? Uh, if, if I'm going with one guy this week, it's probably going to be uh, Kelvin Benjamin. Um, right. he's, you know, he's a yeah, he's a mid-range play, but I think the uh, you know, like like we said, we like that offense, the passing game. We like Cam Newton, um, you know, starting the the season off with a bang. But I think what it comes down to is just a, an absolutely huge uh, mismatch in terms of size with Kelvin Benjamin and the cornerback that's most likely going to be guarding him and Richard Robinson. Uh, Kelvin's six foot five, two hundred forty five pounds. Uh, Robinson is six one and he's one hundred seventy seven pounds. So that's probably soaking wet. And so uh, <laughs> I think this is an absolutely fantastic matchup. Um, if I was to perhaps have a um, you know a second guy that I would look to. And the only thing I don't like is I'm hearing a lot of – see, this is what I don't like, but that's just – this is just the way of the world. You kind of come to your conclusions. You got a guy that you like. You think he might be lower-owned, and then every everything that you read, everything you see, everybody's on him. And, of course, that drives ownership um, you know, just as is. But that's Larry Fitzgerald um, in an absolutely great matchup, picking on Quandre Diggs of the Lions, who's one of um, the worst slot corners last year. Um, you're going to have uh, Nevin Lawson and Darius Slay are going to tie up. You know, the, the, the J.J. Nelson, John Browns of the world over um, around the, in the perimeter and, and on the deep ball. And so I think Larry Fitz is going to get a lot of work. Um, and I think he's a nice floor cash game play and, and, and potential GPP player uh, play this week, but more so for cash games. Yeah, I'm kind of with you on that one. I've, I've read a lot of stuff about that last couple of days. Everybody seemed to like him lining up in the slot. I think his percentage is going up. 
My favorite guy this week, probably no surprise to anybody, is Amari Cooper. I love pairing him with David Carr this week. Uh, my main team this week will be Carr Cooper teams. High total games we've kind of talked about. The Titans uh, were, you know, a bottom 10 pasty last year. Uh, they haven't really done much to fix it. You know, they did draft a Dory Jackson, but he's really struggled in the preseason. I think Cooper goes for 175 and a touchdown this week, maybe two touchdowns. Mario Cooper's probably my favorite guy. I love Julio Jones this week too, but if I had to pick one guy at the price, I'm full on Amari Cooper this week. I think uh, I think he goes nuts. Yeah, it's funny. Uh, he's actually my number three guy. When I first set my first Fandle lineup about two weeks ago, Carr and Cooper were uh, my first combination. Um, I think we're going to see a little bit of, um, I guess, positive regression in terms of Amari Cooper's um, you know, looks in the red zone. Um, obviously, he's an amazing field stretcher. He's got incredible speed. Um, I think he starts off with a big game as well. I know Crabtree has been Carr's preferred red zone target um, over the last couple of years. In fact, you know, uh, Crabtree was second in the league in terms of red zone targets last year. Um, but, you know, Tennessee, that that uh, pass defense is really weak. Um, you know, they did add Logan Ryan from the Patriots. But besides that, um, you know, it's not like Amari is going to be shadowed by Ryan or that Ryan is even capable of um you know, of, of covering Amari Cooper. And so I'm on board with you. Um, you know, I, I'm sounds good to me. My question to you is, um, between the three big guys, I mean, I do think we'll probably see a lot of ownership on Antonio Brown and Julio Jones, um, and a little bit on green as well. Um, do you have a favorite of those three? My favorite this week is definitely Julio. Um, I, uh, you know, both, uh, both Julio and Antonio Brown could have the second half, uh, game flow issue where, you know, they, uh, they, they have a big lead and they don't throw the ball as much. I think Atlanta's a little less at risk of that than uh, Pittsburgh is. I think they could uh, they could roll on Cleveland a little more. Uh, I love Julio. Anytime Julio's healthy, I love getting him in the lineup. He's 9000 on Fandle, so super expensive. I kind of like um, pivoting off DJ and Le'Veon Bell and going with a Julio team to with that with that money. Um, I think I'm going to try I'm gonna try and play Julio in a bunch of squads. Uh, who's your favorite of those three? Yeah, I like Julio a lot. I mean, you know, he I actually expect him to be the number one wide receiver when it all comes down to it. Um, by the end of week 17, he's going to lead um, the entire NFL uh, among wide receivers and fantasy points. Um, that's my that's my stand. I'm sticking to it. But uh, all right. yeah, I mean, you know, with 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 that new Sarkeesian offense, um, I think they're going to focus and have been focusing on getting him more involved in the red zone. He only has one season with uh, double digit touchdowns. I think they'll be easily number two this year. Um, had a little foot surgery in the offseason. Um, I think with this game and, and and I think people can go crazy sort of, you know, reading a lot of things um, and, and sort of overthinking things. Um, you know, this is a healthy Julio. You sort of just play him. Um, you know, you know what you'll what you'll hear out there is basically, you know, potentially, first of all, game script uh, if Atlanta does get off to a big lead and just the fact that Chicago is probably going to play, um, you know, they always play tougher defense at home um, and they are really aren't known for giving up big plays. They sort of give up a little bit more of the, uh, you know, the underneath stuff. Um, but, you know, that defense, that core defensive backs, um, I don't think are anything to be scared of with a guy like Julio, who's truly matchup proof. Um, I like him a little bit more than Antonio Brown. Um, the one thing on Brown last year, um, he only did face the Cleveland Browns once. Um, he went eight for 10 for 76 yards. The previous year, of course, there's different personnel and whatnot. He completely obliterated them. 30 catches on 40 targets in two Oof, games geez. with over 300 yards and three combined touchdowns. So, um, you know, obviously Brown does have that high ceiling. Um, if you do fade him and he goes off, 
like I've done a couple times last year, it'll see your money drop for sure. Um, and just to throw in that third guy uh, to consider, um, you know, uh, AJ Green, who um, our, our, our buddy uh, Tom Kessenick from uh, the NFBC and FFC co-owner mentioned today how he does have a touchdown in five straight against the Ravens. Um, always a good spot for him there. I do think he'll go a little bit underlooked. Um, you know, he, and he's a, he's an absolute beast too. when he's healthy, um, was second last year in, in, you know, in yards, uh, receiving yards per game. Um, and so definitely if you're building multiple teams, don't, don't sleep on aging. Yeah. What about, uh, what about the top? Is there anybody that you don't want any part of any of those, uh, you know, top 10 receivers that you just, uh, not interested in? Yeah. I mean, you know, looking at the top 10, uh, I think people are going to be in the same boat. Um, you know, obviously Mike Evans, cause he's not playing, um, but T.Y. Hilton, um, obviously with no um, Andrew Luck in the picture, if you look in his splits in games that Luck, is, uh, Luck and Hilton have played together versus um, you know Hilton with other quarterbacks, it's a, it's a huge drop-off. Not to mention, um, for those who have sort of noticed that T.Y. Hilton just does not do as well on the road. He uh, has puts up his big games at home um, you know, on the turf. And so I think that's probably another spot that – I personally will be fading. Um, and then what's interesting, and, and again, this is a this could be a tough spot for some, but I'm, I'm seeing a very low ownership on Des Bryant. I think the only reason Des Bryant will have any ownership this week um, is because he is playing in that Sunday night hammer game. Um, but, you know, he's going to be very low owned, taking on Janoris Jenkins, who was, um, had one of the league's lowest marks in terms of uh, fantasy points per route allowed, uh, 0.20 last year. Um, and, you know, he's really stifled that, uh, you know, the Giants have really stifled Des in the past, if you're looking back at the box scores. Um, and, you know, just for that reason, I think Des Bryant is a super sneaky uh, GPP play. Um, I absolutely am going to have a little bit of exposure just to go contrarian and just because football is insanely volatile and the world thinks that Des is going to be stopped by Jenkins. I say Des is one of the best receivers in football and he breaks that trend and does a little damage against the Giants. And Janoris Jenkins uh, ran his mouth a little bit this week, too, so maybe uh, maybe some bulletin board material. Absolutely. can almost count on it. Yeah, I'm, uh, I want no part of DeAndre Hopkins this week. I just don't trust Tom Savage. I don't want to pay up for anybody who's playing with Tom Savage. Um, A.J. Bouye uh, re- moved from Houston to Jacksonville, so, uh, you know, he uh, – he knows DeAndre Hopkins very well from practice. He's a good cornerback. I love Jalen Ramsey, who plays in the secondary for Jacksonville also. They added Barry Church at safety. I think the Jacksonville secondary is underrated. I think they've really uh, they've really ramped up uh, their personnel there. I want no part of DeAndre Hopkins. And kind of on the same boat, I, I, I love Alshon Jeffrey this year, but I don't want any of him this week. Um, I don't really avoid guys for cornerbacks all the time, but when a guy does face Josh Norman, I usually tend to uh, just, just go away from that situation. Um, I think Washington will key on Jeffrey. You know, Torrey Smith on the other side. I don't think they're going to be especially worried about that. Um, Alshon Jeffrey at 7,000 someone that I want no part of. Yeah, and you know what's interesting? Um, our um, you know, our buddy uh, Scott Barrett from Pro Football Focus actually posted uh, some, some really interesting things. He broke down the uh, – the uh, root tree for Alshon Jeffrey um, and discussed basically how Alshon Jeffrey's best three roots, uh, most efficient roots, actually happen to coincide as being Josh Norman's three worst. So if we're huh, really getting down to it, yeah, you're really getting down to it and super analytical. Um, everybody sees that Norman is going to be um, covering Alshon Jeffrey, but apparently if, they're, if, if you're believing the analytics, if there's any matchup that uh, perhaps Alshon could work with, um, this could be it. 
Um, and, and I think you're going to see, we'll talk about a tight end, but you'll see a lot of ownership in Ertz. And I think, I think for that reason alone, if you're building a bunch of teams, I think you may want to have a little bit of Alshon Jeffrey in the Sunday million. What about, uh, what about my dude, Sammy Watkins this week? It's again, he's sort of a, along the same lines. I mean, it's, it's really a matter of if you think, you know, I don't necessarily think the Rams are going, you know, even have the capability of blowing um, this team out of the water. Um, obviously, we are all aware of, of Jared Goff's struggles to, uh, you know, with the deep ball last year. Then again, it's his rookie season. But, hey, he's a, you know, top pick. Um, he's not known as, uh, you know, somebody that's going to whale it like, you know, the number two pick Wentz, um, you know, and, and take his big shots. And so I think for that reason, someone like uh, Cooper Cup, um will will probably be sort of a, a better safer floor play um sammy watkins is, is is always you know somebody that we consider for a gpp it's really a matter of how you think this game goes if you think the rams are going to be blowing them out um which i don't don't necessarily think is going to be the case then perhaps watkins won't work for you but if it, you think it may actually be somewhat of a close game um you might have some red zone targets there for uh, sammy watkins what, what do you think I love Sammy Watkins this week. I, I, I like the, uh, the off-season uh, narrative of you know him moving from Buffalo to LA and all the funny jokes and memes that went on from you know he went from a bad situation to a worse situation. I think he is supremely talented. I think that his issue's always been health. He's healthy right now. I think that uh, the Rams with are going to do what they can to try and get him the ball. We talked about um, you know getting Gurley in space. We talked about uh, Sean McVay. I think you do the same thing with Watkins. I think they're going to make sure to get the ball in his hand, give him a little space to run. Uh, I think Watkins scores this week. I think he has a big touchdown at some point during the game. Vontae Davis from the Colts is already out. You know, their best cornerback. Uh, Indy sucked versus the pass last year, even when Vontae Davis played. So they're going to be really bad without him. It's just a matter of Goff getting in the ball. If Goff can hit him a couple times, I think Sammy Watkins at a pretty low percentage because there's a lot of guys in that range. A lot of people like Martavis Bryant. A lot of people like Fitzgerald, Kelvin Benjamin. I think Sammy Watkins is slide through a low ownership. I think he's going to be sneaky and really good. Yeah, you know what's going to happen is, uh, you know, all the people that, that have heard this podcast this week, when that Watkins does go off and you're the only one mentioning it, you're going to see a, a bunch of new fans next week. Uh, Scott like Jensad fans. I'm I'm definitely on board with that play. Uh, as far as cheap guys, um, just, you know, as, as, just so we can jump into the tight ends. Uh, for me, I'm looking at guys like Marquise Goodwin on San Francisco, super cheap. Uh, Corey Coleman, 5,700 over for uh, for the for the Cleveland Browns. Um, and then possibly Zay Jones. I think we'll probably see more uh, ownership with him being super cheap over on DK. But I think he gets uh, a little bit of love on FanDuel. Um, who, who do you like in the cheaper range? Uh, you know I love Corey Coleman. We, uh, we actually own a team together in the in the uh, Stopa Law Firm League, and uh, we have Corey Coleman. I love him. Deshaun Kaiser loves him, which I, I think is the most important thing. People forget how talented he is. A first-round pick last year. I like the game flow for him. I think they're going to be trailing Pittsburgh in the second half. I think Corey Coleman scores in the second half. Uh, Goodwin's one of those guys you mentioned. That's, he's a flyer. I mean, it's one of those things that he could go uh, he could go two for 40 or two for 20, or he could go you know, four for 110 and a touchdown. It's just a matter if they hit that deep ball. Shanahan's going to take some shots to him. It's just a matter if he catches that deep ball. If it's a pass interference, then you don't you know, get the yards. In terms of a, a cheap floor guy for cash games, I think Kendall Wright is interesting. He's 5,200 on FanDuel. As a cash floor, a cash guy, I think he's going to see a lot of balls. I think that uh, the Bears are going to be trailing the Falcons in the second half. I think as a PPR guy that can catch a lot of short passes, I think he can rack up some points and kind of prevents a really nice floor if you're playing a cash game and you want someone cheap. 
Yeah, and that's sort of the only option. Uh, the only uh, issue here is that um, now everybody is on Kendall Wright. Um, right. You know, when you and I were drafting him a couple weeks ago. But yeah, I mean, you know, the narrative—he's the starting slot guy. Um, he's been popping up in everyone's reports, um, and the fact that he worked with offensive coordinator Dell Logans over in Tennessee, and uh, coupled with the fact that Desmond Trufant is probably going to be shadowing uh, Kevin White who uh, probably, uh, you know, can't even shadow himself. And so, you know, all in all, it looks like an absolutely fantastic spot for for Kendall Wright, going to see more ownership over there on the other site, um, but definitely deserves some love on FanDuel as a nice floor play. Tight ends. I was going to say, what about tight ends? I have a clear clear favorite of my favorite tight end this week, but I'm going to let you go first, and hopefully we'll have something different this time. Okay. Um, Mine is pretty chalky. Uh, and I think, you know, with with everybody talking about how Norman is going to be covering um, Alshon, even though the, the, some of the points that we that we uh, mentioned, um, I really like Zach Ertz. Uh, I think in cash games, this is this is a, a spot that I'm just kind of going to go with the flow with. Um, I think because you don't have Gronk on the slate, you've got that little, you know, toe designation next to Jordan Reed. Um, Jimmy Graham is in a somewhat tough matchup. Um you know, you're you're going to see a lot of that chalk go to Ertz. Uh, for that reason, Zach Ertz is probably going to be a GPP fade. Um, I think there are a lot of different options. I like some guys down in the cheaper range that I can talk about. I um, would love to hear you guys first. My favorite guy easily this week is Delaney Walker with Tennessee. We talked about uh, we talked about that game, the game flow, the high scores. Uh, the Raiders allowed the fifth most yards to tight end last week. Um, they're starting Markel Lee, who's a who's a I think a fifth round draft pick as a rookie. He's starting at linebacker for them. Uh, I love a lot of things about the Raiders. I don't like their linebackers, obviously, aside from Khalil Mack. I think Delaney Walker is going to eat in the middle of the field. I think he's going to have a big game for Mariota. I think he scores, puts up uh, sixty to eighty yards, maybe gets a second touchdown late in the game. Yeah, so I just underlined them, and so um, you know one of the things that people need to realize, um, you know, when they're listening to our podcast, they're like, oh. When these guys are disagreeing, like who do you go with? Um, you know what it comes down to is I'm going to be that guy that's going to find you those those low percentage contrarian guys that are going to help you win lineups. If you want to win your cash game lineups, if you want somebody that just really has uh, is a good head on his shoulders and can just sort of see things before they happen in a very sort of um, common sense point of view, that's my boy Scott Jenstad. So everyone out there listening, um, he, you know, listen to this man when he says if he really likes Delaney Walker, play Delaney Walker this week. I just underlined him. I am playing Delaney Walker too. Somewhere Rugnado Dora is smiling. <laughs> That'll be for another pod. <laughs> um, what about anybody in that mid-range that you don't like? I have a guy that uh, has been popular in drafts that I'm fading, and that's Martellus Bennett. Again, it, for me, it's just going against the Seattle defense. I love their linebackers. I love their safeties. I just think it's a tough spot for Bennett. I think he's going to have some weeks where he's really good. This is not the week for me on Martellus Bennett. Yeah, I think expensive fade. I'm I'm actually going to probably not have a lot of Greg Olson ownership. I think it's a matchup for the receivers and for uh, Mr. Christian McCaffrey. Um, you know, even Jonathan Stewart might might pop one in there on the one yard line. Um, and so, you know, he did have 122 yards against the Niners last year. Uh, but definitely those biggest mismatches are with the Carolina uh, wide receivers um, and just sort of overviewing the rest of the tight end uh, for me. Uh, I think Witten 
is probably going to get some love because he is the night game there. Um, the New York Giants corners are tough. Witten has great game logs um, over the last couple of years against them, uh, especially if you look at that last game he played um, last season. So he's probably going to get some Witten love there. Um, Eifert, Tyler Eifert could be pretty sneaky if he's a, a full go and ready to play. Um, you know, one, one of the guys that Andy Dalton's going to be looking to in the red zone. Um, Evan Ingram as a possible Sunday night hammer playing in his first ever career NFL game, uh, especially with uh, Beckham banged up a little bit and even Marshall a little bit there too banged up and no confidence really in Paul Perkins in that run game. Um, and then finally, and I think you may agree with me because we drafted him together in that Stopa Law Firm League, is I really like Charles Clay this week. Um, I actually like him all year. Um, really just sort of depends on the spots, but has that good rapport with Tyrod Taylor. It's going to be a good check down option. I think he's somebody that's going to get C seven plus targets. And honestly, it's really, it's all about the targets here with, with tight ends. And I think for that reason, the fact that he's cheap, Charles Clay is in play. Yeah, I think I think I like Clay too. I think he's just you know the way that they've set up that offense. He's kind of the he's kind of the checkdown guy. He's kind of the main guy now, and I think they're going to look to him. Look to him a bunch. If I if I'm going cheap at tight end, which I do do a lot, if I'm trying to uh, you know if I'm trying to get Julio and, and one of the big running backs in, um, I like Jared Cook a little bit with the Raiders. Um, again, game flow Raiders offense we've talked about a lot. I think he's talented. I mean, he looked good in the playoffs last year for Green Bay. I think he's got uh, got a little juice to him at 4,900. I think he's a pretty good play. I also like uh, a little more of a flyer is Austin Hooper, uh, 4,700. The Bears were fifth worst against tight ends by DVOA last year. Uh, a little worried about their mixing and matching who's playing at tight end uh, during, the, during the preseason. But I think when they get into passing situations, I think they'll use Hooper. He had 14.3 yards per catch last year. He's kind of a big play guy. When they when they do get him in there, they're going to run a play for him. You know, the other, they're going to have to cover Julio. They're going to have to cover uh, Freeman and Coleman out of the backfield. Hooper seems to kind of be sneaky and get to get out into space. Uh, if you're really looking for a flyer and trying to save some money, I think Hooper's a, a low percentage kind of sneaky dude. That sounds good to me. I'm on board with all of that. Uh, what about the defenses? Um, is there any? Is there a team that specifically sticks out to you? Obviously, we've got you know Houston that's going to garner some ownership there at the top um, in that matchup against Blake Bortles. People just love to pick on Bortles, and of course, why wouldn't you? But uh, you know, there, there's obviously uh, potential for getting the same amount of points, if not more, in cheaper spots. I guess who are some of those spots where you could save? five six hundred in salary and uh and uh alter off of houston yeah my favorite my favorite defense is houston but 5100 it's gonna be tough to fit them in lineups i love going against bortles i love the i love the narrative of jj watt with his home game with all the money he's raised uh for the houston area i think that they're gonna be just beyond fired up and i think they're gonna they're gonna come shot out of a cannon in that game if i'm going a little bit uh mid-range i kind of like the falcons against the bears i'm going against mike glennon more of a play against the against the Bears offense. I think the Falcons uh, will make a couple big plays. I think they're going to have a lead, which I like late. I want to, I want my quarter the my defense to have a lead, make their other quarterback make some mistakes. Um, I think if I'm saving a little bit of money, I'm going to Atlanta. But if I'm saving a lot of money, what do you think about Jacksonville at 4100? You know what, Jacksonville is my one. Uh, you know, GPP. If if I'm gonna look to save, I think that is the spot. So I'm on definitely on board with Jacksonville. Um, I probably w- would trust Macho Man Randy Savage over Tom Savage there uh, for Houston. And so, you know, it's uh, probably not going to be in my cash lineup, um, I, you know, but but absolutely with that improved defense with, you know, with Bouye and, you know, just all the guys in the middle of the field. I've been drafting them in season long leagues. Um, you know, I p- typically don't uh, chase after 
um, defenses on the road uh, for my cash games. But I think if there are two places I would do that, that's Jacksonville and the aforementioned uh, Atlanta Falcons, especially, um, you know, with, with Glennon possibly making some mistakes in the second half. You know, after all, we're targeting quarterbacks that, um, you know, we think can make some mistakes. Um, obviously, for our floor, we're looking for those sacks. We're looking to accumulate, you know, teams that can hold the other team in terms of points because that's where our points come from. It's really tough to project and predict where these uh, big you know, big interceptions and possible pick sixes happen. Like it's just literally a fool's game trying to play, figuring out where that comes from. But you know that those things are a lot more likely to happen with a Bortles or Glennon at the helm, as opposed to a Rogers or a Wilson. And so, um, I think you summed it up pretty well. Um, I'm definitely going to have some um, L.A. Rams exposure. Uh, This team at home, I think, is a great defense. Uh, I would love them a little bit more if Aaron Donald could end his holdout and uh, play on Sunday. But besides that, um, the Rams for me against uh, Scott Tolzien. Yeah, I, the Rams are actually a little bit of a fade for me. I think they'll be popular with the Scott Tolzien thing. I just don't think they're the same defense without Aaron Donald. Um, he causes so much havoc in the middle of the field, uh, You know, getting pressure on the quarterback. Uh, I think I'm going to move towards uh, Jacksonville, Atlanta instead of them. I also think I'm going to fade Carolina. I think Carolina will be popular going against the 49ers. Again, we mentioned earlier, I don't think this is the same 49ers offense. I don't think they're going to be good. But I think that Hoyer's a guy who doesn't make mistakes like uh, Kaepernick and Blaine Gabbert did in years past. Uh, you know, Kaepernick didn't throw a lot of picks, but, uh, you know, he fumbled or uh, didn't score a lot of points. I just don't think it's the same 49ers offense. I think Carolina will be a little bit overowned. I don't like them. Um, I think I just like Atlanta. And if I'm going cheap, like we said with Jacksonville, I think the Jacksonville secondary makes a couple big plays in this game. It's just a matter if they take it to the house or not. Uh, another one that I wanted to throw at you because I do believe they'll definitely have some ownership considering they're at home with a total uh, with a spread that's moving um, even higher in the direction over nine now. Buffalo Bills at forty seven hundred. What do you think of them? Player fade. Uh, I'm kind of on the fence on Buffalo. I just don't know if the Jets are going to take too many shots. Uh, the game flow should be good of them passing the ball, but. I think the Jets are going to be super conservative, at least early. I just wonder if the uh, the ability for big plays is going to be there. If they if they get behind in the second half, then I could see it. Um, I just don't know. I think they're going to hand the ball off uh, to Bilal Powell and Matt Forte a lot. Uh, I just think they're not taking enough chances. But yeah, I mean they got it. Uh, you know, Buffalo's at home, big spread, kind of all works. Bad quarterback. Um, just didn't jump out to me. I, I just wonder if uh, the Jets are going to kind of go no shell. Yeah, and just a final note uh, here on defenses. Pittsburgh Steelers are another team that's probably going to garner some ownership at 4,800 um, with as they are big favorites against Cleveland. Again, they are on the road, but they are facing a rookie quarterback making his first start. Uh, perhaps somebody not um, super wild who's going to you know be, be you know be chucking and making those mistakes but you know the, the Steelers did add Joe Hayden um, definitely a shell uh, of the former Joe Hayden from a few years ago um, but he is on the team now facing his old team so a little bit of a narrative going on there uh, Pittsburgh Steelers could potentially be in play as well I tell you what from talking about defense it's amazing how many bad quarterbacks are starting week one it's uh, it's rough it's a, it's a, it's it's truly a shame. It's the NFL, and uh, and yeah, I think you just pretty much nailed it on the head there. So before we get out of here, real quick, uh, talk about kickers. Um, any kickers you like that uh, you think could be kind of sneaky, or any uh, any really solid floor guys that you like? Uh, where are you going to kicker this week? Uh, you know what? I'm looking at. I, I'm still sort of doing my homework, and of course, if anybody um, you know wants to hit me up on Twitter, R O T O G U T, or uh, you know Scott's handle. You're you're at uh, Scott underscore Jenstead. Just Scott Jenstead straight. There's only one. 
No, yeah, no underscores there, baby. Um, yeah, I mean, if you want to hit me up later in the week, I'll probably have a little bit of better of idea of some options which way I'm going to go. But right now, I've just been popping in uh, some Matt Prater in Detroit. Um, I like him at home with the big leg. Um, he's one of my favorite kickers on the year. Uh, Dan Bailey, perhaps as a Sunday night hammer. Um, you know, want to have some exposure to that game. Bailey is obviously very um, efficient, uh, you know, with his kicks and definitely a, a, a shot to get a few chances there uh, simply because the Giants defense is so good and could stall some drives of uh, Dak Prescott and company. Um, Justin Tucker, I, you know, usually don't mind paying up for a kicker. I think a lot of people are going to just sort of gravitate towards their sort of how they've been doing when you see Justin Tucker taken in the 13th round of your fantasy draft. But uh, I'm going to make a bold that shouldn't be so bold prediction. I don't think he's going to be the top kicker of this week nor of the season. And obviously he's really good, but I think just situation the way it dictates this year that uh, there's going to be someone better than Tucker. So uh, just a little throw out there on somebody that I'm going to be fading. Yeah, if I'm going to take Tucker, it's probably not going to be for the price of an outside road game. I'm a little bit wary of Sebastian Janikowski, too. There's some talk of a bad back. Um, so, you know, outside on the road there, I think the Raiders are going to score touchdowns, not field goals. Uh, you mentioned Prater. I like Prater because I think they're going to move the ball a little bit. But we talked about Arizona's defense is tough. I think Arizona's going to get a lot of bended but don't break, so we might get some field goal ops there. Um, on the other side of the ball, I kind of like Phil Dawson. He's uh, he's 4,500 uh, at Detroit, kicking for the Cardinals now. You know, he's the, he's the old solid vet. He makes all his kicks. Good offense, indoors. Uh, if I'm looking to save money, it's probably a Phil Dawson. Sounds good. I think you, you pretty much covered it there. Um, you know, cheap options. I think you might, you know, uh, some guy, a guy that might get sort of overlooked is uh, uh, Greg Zerline, Greg the leg. I think the leg might be back this year, and I think you'll probably see him closer to 4,800 after him having a couple of good games. If uh, Gurley and company aren't able to punch it in the goal line and Indy, you know, D isn't completely horrendous, Zerline may have an opportunity for a few field goals. Uh, finally, Graham Gano, as a, I expect San Francisco to potentially have some goal line stands. It is a road game. Um, you know, I know the wind blows there sometimes, but I think Gano might be in play as well. Yeah, luckily the wind blows a little bit less than Santa Clara. They, they have some weird wind there, but it's not quite candlestick. So I don't avoid kickers in Tampa as much as I used to. But, um, yeah, I think I think Cam Newton and, and crew are going to score touchdowns, though, so I'm not totally sold on Gano, but he could work. Yeah, and I think just to sort of, um, you know, wrap it up, I think, um, you know, we are um, on the same page on a lot of things, including loving Sean McCoy this week. Um, you know, ha- a- as a potential pivot over Le'Veon Bell and DJ, um, I think there is an opportunity for you to be able to throw Le'Veon Bell and David Johnson in the same lineup if you like some value plays at receiver uh, and and uh, tight end. Um, you you heard it first. Uh, Sammy Watkins and Delaney Walker, big game calls from Scott's Genstad, and I'm yep. on board with those as well. Um, and I think, you know, for the most part, we sort of covered it. Uh, hit us up anytime you want to uh, ask us anything, but I think that uh, w- was a pretty good, uh, pretty good wrap there. Beautiful, it was a, it was a good start. I enjoyed doing it. Thanks everybody to li- for listening to our, the to the RotoWire NFL DFS podcast. It is uh, week one. We are sponsored by Fandle. We thank them for that. If you want to hit us up on Twitter, I am at Scott Jensted. Jensted is J E N S T A D. Vlad is at RotoGut R O T O G U T. Other than that, I hope everybody enjoys week one. Uh, you know, really, uh, really enjoyed it. Uh, football's back. We're going to have uh, 17 weeks, but uh, really enjoy the first week. Uh, you know, we've been waiting a long time for this. So, uh, you know, don't get, uh, don't get too stressed with your lineups. Enjoy having football on TV, and we'll talk to you next week.
Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.